0: evening's news. Despite successful fishing over the last week, saners are still far below this year's guideline harvest level of over 30,000 tons. Meanwhile, the spawn is ongoing. Aerial surveys by department biologists recorded over five nautical miles of spawn Thursday, bringing the total cumulative spawn estimate to nearly 58 nautical miles. Most of the active spawning is occurring in the vicinity of Hayward Strait and Middle Island, while smaller areas of spawn have been observed in St. John the Baptist Bay and Hot Springs Bay. Additionally, very large schools of herring have been found between Hot Springs Bay and Frosty Reef and in the mouth of Windy Passage. Several Juno stores have pulled a series of popular children's books from their shelves after the man who illustrated them was arrested for allegedly leaving threatening and anti-transgender notes around town. The artist's publisher has also dropped him. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry reports. So far, at least two local businesses have made statements
1: supporting the trans community and condemning illustrator Mitch Watley's actions. Two days after Watley's arrest, Kristi Ami Erickson is at her shop, Kindred Post a post office slash gift shop downtown that carries works by local artists. There's a reading section featuring books written by Alaska authors. This used to include Watley's wife. She wrote the books that he illustrated. Erickson says they took all of Watley's work off the shelves after discussing it with her staff. Throughout the store, there are LGBTQ plus positive books for adults and kids alike. Erickson says this event is just one of multiple attacks on the trans community.
2: We know that it's happening within a climate of anti trans um, hate speech and legislation that's already occurring, uh, not just in our community, but also across our state, right? As we're seeing with the House bills that have been introduced, um, as well as our nation. And so, uh,
1: when something like this happens. Pat Race owns Alaska Robotics, a comic book store that also features titles from local artists.
3: I'm a close friend of of Mitch's wife, and it's really hard for us to take her books off of our shelf, but they have his name on them, uh, and so they're gone.
1: Race wants the transgender community to feel supported in Juneau.
3: They do not deserve to be persecuted or to live in fear, and uh, nor should we live in fear of them.
1: Alaska Robotics will make a donation to an organization that supports transgender youth in Juneau.
2: Our store has sold Mitch's artwork, and we've made, a, made money off of that, and that feels strange given the context here. And so...
1: Two of Juno's bookstores, Rainy Retreat and Hearthside Books and Toys, have also removed Watley's books. Mitch Watley faces one felony count of terroristic threatening. A preliminary hearing in his case
0: is set for April 11th. In Juno, I'm Yvonne Crumery. A new exhibit is opening in Sitka in honor of artists Eric and Pam Beeler. The year-long project is a collaboration between a visual artist and a writer, both of whom found inspiration in the extraordinary lives of the Beelers and in the extraordinary nature of their passing. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
3: Eric Beeler was a wood engraver. Even if you don't recognize his name, you'll instantly recognize his art intricately detailed prints of the southeast Alaskan landscape surrounding the home he made with his wife Pam, a textile artist, in Phonograph Creek, just outside of Pelican on Chichikov Island. In most ways, the Bealers were like so many other Alaskans living off the grid, forging a life from the land, but in one way they were quite different. Although it's been five years since the couple died, their home and their spirit are very much alive.
2: The interesting thing about that couple is when you go there, her presence is strong, really strong.
3: Steve Larry is a portrait artist and painter who's been out to Phonograph Creek several times.
2: And Eric is sort of not so much until you get out into the boat shop, because he built boats in addition to other things. He built all the buildings on the property. It's not that they're any different in some ways than a lot of Alaskans. You know, you can look around and see people living out in the sticks and right there around Pelican. It's the amount of art that Eric produced with Pam's help, and that's pretty amazing.
3: Then and now, Eric Beeler's engravings remain some of the most iconic work produced in Alaska. They can be found in homes and galleries everywhere. The exhibit installed in Sitka isn't a wall filled with Beeler's prints, however. It is a collection of over 50 paintings by Laurie and his literary collaborator, Maite Lorente, which illuminate the lives of these remarkable people.
2: The exhibit is called The Squirrel and the Bear. Eric identified, if you like, um, as a squirrel. And boy, it was appropriate, you know. I don't know if you ever met him, but he's very frenetic, like a squirrel. His wife, Pam, more grounded, more solid to the earth, she identified with bears. They tried to live as close to the earth as
3: possible. They had tried to have as small of an environmental footprint as they could. Andrew Tomes is the director of the Sitka Conservation Society. They built their house out of beach logs that they salvaged. They practiced a subsistence lifestyle and put up all their food. They had gardens and grew stuff, and they made a lot of their art from what they found and gathered and were inspired by. In widely publicized news at the time, the Bealers disappeared from their home at Phonograph Creek in the fall of 2018, leaving behind packages and postage, notes for friends and family, and a message for everyone else that they had chosen to end their lives together and to waste no time or money trying to find their bodies. They were both in their late 50s, Pam suffering from increasingly debilitating multiple sclerosis, and Eric, as far as is known, in good health. They left their Phonograph Creek property and its contents to the Sitka Conservation Society to benefit the Society's Living Wilderness Fund, and now it's a retreat built by artists for artists. Eric and Pam lived and built their property and designed everything that they had up there was a work of art. You know, just like the the artwork that they did, they were they were true artists to their core and it was infused in everything that they did. They had a very strong connection with the lands and waters around them, and you can feel that there in the property. Although some will say the Beelers' lives ended tragically, Steve Laurie doesn't. The context of the squirrel and the bear is much greater than the detail of their deaths.
2: It's a love story. You know, I'm a look at me, I'm an older guy. We, uh, we all know how life works, but this, this couple, they met when they were young, and within two days, they started a life together, and they never deviated.
3: Laurie has become well-known in recent years for his oversized portraits, paintings that are large enough for the National Portrait Gallery, but displaying only his subjects' faces in painstaking detail. While this might recommend him as an interpreter of Eric Beeler's work, Laurie goes in a different direction for the squirrel and the bear, and the departure has resulted in some surprising and profound new work.
2: They're all paintings that describe the Bealers. as several portraits, uh, the home, the interior of the home, the exterior of the home. Basically, I became an illustrator in this series of paintings. I think that this whole thing will help explain their their lives.
3: Laurie credits his collaborator, Maite Lorente, for poring over the journals and photos the Bealers left behind, including their notes to one another, and giving the exhibit a structure. Some of Lorente's poems and excerpts from other writings are incorporated into the paintings themselves, about 60 in all. The squirrel and the bear seems made to order for a book someday, but the Sitka Conservation Society doesn't have a timeline for now, it's both a tribute to the Bealers and to their home in the Tongass, as well as fresh insight into the lives they led and the choices they made. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Wolsey.
0: The Squirrel and the Bear opening reception will be 5 to 7 p.m. tonight, Friday, April 7th, in the first floor of the Veneberg Insurance Building on Harbor Drive. All are welcome. The exhibit will be up until April 21st. For purposes of disclosure, Maite Laurente serves on the board of directors of KCAW. Petersburg's Early Childhood Education Task Force met last Tuesday to discuss their progress on a collaboration with the Boys and Girls Clubs Alaska. The organization is interested in restarting programming in Southeast Alaska, including Petersburg. The Early Childhood Education Task Force has been in talks about it since February of this year. Chelsea Tremblay heads Petersburg's task force. She says the last few weeks of planning produced a mix of great and frustrating news. The great news is a great amount of feedback from the survey that had been handed out uh, within the school system. Katie Holmland is on the task force and runs Kinderskog, a local child care center. She says the task force found no shortage of interest in the program, but they're having a hard time finding a place to house the program. It's frustrating <laughs> to have right people, the right motivation. One. We have the audience ready and we just don't have space to put it. Tremblay says the group's chosen location fell through. Yeah, it's especially frustrating in a place where you know a lot of places are vacant for different reasons. And so it's just a matter of lack of landlord flexibility slash logistical ability, you know. Tremblay is optimistic that there might be a solution to this problem among the people who answered the survey. She says the results indicated that almost 50 lo- local young people between ages 6 to 14 are interested in the program. Another 10 adult survey takers said that the shortage of after-school childcare is an important issue in the community. She believes at least one interested parent might have input on where to host the program. The group's next step is to start a volunteer search committee to find a new space for the Boys and Girls Clubs. And I'm Brooke Schaefer. This is Raven News. I'll take a quick look at our weather. It looks like it is currently 39 degrees outside, holding steady there. We have some light rain as well as some fog and mist. And a quick look at our community calendar. Looking forward to tomorrow, the Herring Protectors Fun Run Walk is 10 a.m. tomorrow, Saturday.